Welcome to Breadcrumbs. This is the prophetic journal of a girl who's more than happy to eat the crumbs off the master's table. If you're like me, then listen and be encouraged that even in the whispers and mere shadows, our God still speaks, and he has a lot to say. I had a very interesting dream last night. When I was little, the elementary school that I went to was a big brick rectangle. It had floors of, of polished cement, ceilings that were incredibly tall with ornate molding. The windows were enormous and let a lot of light through. To me, it was such a wonderful place, a really safe place. But I remember being very aware that there was a hidden belly to it. I was very curious and I would watch the janitor come in and out of a small metal door at the far end of the hall in the basement. And if you went up and around to the other side of the school and down the basement steps, another door was located on the other side. What was in the middle? I now know it was probably the furnace and where the janitor kept all of his cleaning supplies. But to us kids, it felt a little like a dragon's lair, kind of a spooky space that we weren't allowed access to. Well, in my dream, for some reason, even though it was closed down for the night, the lights were all off, me and a small group of people, maybe three or four of us, were allowed access to the school because we were coming from out of town and we needed somewhere to stay. And in that place that I described, that hidden place in the bowels of the school, there was now a little cozy nest. It looked like a beautifully furnished room at an inn. There was a comfortable bed, big fluffy couches, warm lighting. It felt very inviting and very safe, and we knew somehow that we were invited to stay there, to find rest, free accommodation while we were in the city. And then the dream showed me a very particular and very quirky detail. As I was resting on the bed, my gaze went to the large stairwell that coiled up towards the second floor, and my vision zoomed in particularly on the railing. It was composed of a tightly packed mosaic of what I know was tiny fragments of polished pearl in black and white. It was mostly white with bits of black interwoven into it. When I woke up from the dream, I knew the Lord was speaking, and so I spent the day just reflecting on it, asking him for more insight. One of the things he told me was that this dream had to do with his message about the coming year, 2024 and he was linking it to the vision that I mentioned in my last word of the soccer jersey and the number 22 that spoke of a progression he wanted me to see as I read through Psalms 22, 23, and 24. Today he told me to look back over my journal from the last year and take a look at the themes that I saw there because they would mirror what he was trying to tell me about how we were leaving Psalm 23 and entering Psalm 24. And so I did just that. As I said before, Psalm 22 is basically a cry of anguish, and in many ways, 2022 was that for many of us. It was the year that we finally took stock of the casualties of the season, of how many things we'd lost, how many relationships were damaged seemingly beyond repair, how maybe for the first time in our life we really finally got a taste of what it was like to feel like you were encircled by enemies. Many of the sentiments that David expresses in Psalm 22, I can relate to after having lived through that year. It was a year of crying out to the Lord over and over, help us, save us, we feel so alone. It was a year of declaring over and over again to ourselves that while we might have felt alone, 
He was the God who formed us and knew us from the womb, and that that was enough. Now this past year, 2023, looking back over all the dreams and words that he spoke, this is what I saw. He spoke to me of civil war, very specifically, war on our own soil, war between families, neighbor against neighbor. He spoke of the loss of our homes, of a mass exodus from the city to the country. He showed me small packs of people who'd banded together to survive. It was a year where he spoke to me about how there were a few enemies that were going to fuel this civil war. One of them is religion, the church itself that's in love with its traditions, turning on its own people who are waking up to the truth of the Holy Spirit. And another was an entity that he's always referred to as Artemis. She represents the spirit of the age. I believe she's behind all the chaos, all the confusion, the tainting and perverting of everything that is innocent and pure. It was a year of him calling me into battle, of speaking about a remnant who are being prepared as weapons, tucked away and hidden until the time of battle. And it was the year of him saying, it's almost time, that we were in a birthing period, that it was gonna hurt, but that something beautiful was about to be born he spoke about how it was a time of washing, being refined, being shaped into purity as the bride for the coming wedding. I see this reflected in Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is about a shepherd who leads his people through the valley of the shadow of death. And I can't help but look over the themes that I just spoke of and see that it was a year of being trained to hear the voice of the shepherd, to trust it, to submit to the rod and the staff, and to be deeply trained by our Good Shepherd. So that, like all sheep who've been protected and cared for by a really vigilant and good caretaker, there is no fear. There is a knowing that surely goodness and mercy have followed us all of our lives and will continue to follow us until the very end. Psalm 23, like the year 2023, was learning to vocalize our anguish, learning to bring that to our Good Shepherd to actually learning to walk with him, move as he moves through the darkness of the valley, getting all washed up, cleaned up, trained up, and getting really good and clear that his promises are trustworthy. He'll do what he says he'll do, and he says there's a feast coming. And so we come to Psalm 24, and it's a psalm about ascension, about going up. Who will ascend the mountain of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Lift your heads, ancient doors that the King of Glory may come in. I've received a few words from people that I'm entering a time of ascension. That's not a word that I have been familiar with. It's not a word that I have related to in the past, but I'm beginning to see, I'm beginning to understand. In the book of Revelation, John is told, come up here. The language of this very Psalm is about lifting our heads, looking up, ascending the mountain. And the Psalm itself gives us the key that it requires being washed, having our hands all cleaned up, and having pure hearts. And so we come to my dream. Interestingly, that elementary school that I spoke of, it was called Devonshire. And when I looked up what Devonshire meant, the word Devon actually means deep valley dwellers. That sounds an awful lot like Psalm 23. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. We have a shepherd that walks us through deep valleys. 
and deep valleys are certainly one way you could describe what we've walked through over the past few years. Whereas Shire means a region, it has a governmental connotation to it. It would be a region of, that you might have authority over administratively. And so as a whole, the name of that school in my dream, it kind of speaks of gaining authority over the deep dark places. And that's truly what I believe 2022 and 2023 were for me and my family. We were being trained to understand the authority that we have under a good shepherd over the deep dark places, the valleys. Even there, we are light because he's in us. Even there, we have weaponry. We are covered by his rod and staff. In my dream, because that cozy, safe place was tucked into the place that used to scare me as a child, and because the logo of the school was actually a dragon, we were called the Devonshire Dragons, the sense I got was that even in the deep valley, the belly of the beast, the Good Shepherd is with us. I also think that the fact that it was my elementary school was significant. Those were the tender years, the childlike years. Those years really do represent the sheep years where we're our most trainable, where we learn to listen to the voices of authority in our lives, where on the whole, we move as a group, as a herd, as a flock, following the orders of our shepherds, our caretakers. It's a reminder that we're never really supposed to leave that place. We're to be flock animals that move as one, as difficult as that is sometimes. Ultimately, that only works though, when the sheep are good listeners and when the shepherd's voice is trustworthy. And finally, the pearly seashell staircase. Well, that's about ascension. As I've mentioned in other words, shells have a spiritual link to pilgrimage, our spiritual journey, which is very much what Psalm 23 is about. And obviously, a staircase takes you up from one floor to the next. After a really quick search on the internet, an article cropped up that caught my attention. It spoke of a father and daughter walking the beach and how he was scanning the beach for perfect intact shells while his daughter was perfectly delighted with the broken, shattered ones. And it made him reflect on the shattered glory of broken seashells that only a child could see and find value in and how maybe we needed to learn from that because we have a God who loves to pick up the fragments, the broken things and gently put them together to make something beautiful. Quote, we have a God who showcases broken seashells. A God who says, let the children come. And maybe that's in part because like God, little ones, they see brokenness and they still see beauty. And I thought of the mosaic of pearly shell that made up the staircase. Shell fragments carefully put together to make something really beautiful. Something sturdy that could hold a lot of weight. Something of structure and substance. That's what God can do. It's what he does with us. Us broken pearls, broken shells, woven together into something strong. Together we ascend. Together we help others ascend higher. A little detail that he wanted me to pay attention to was how a small percentage of the pearly shell was black. Only one in 10,000 pearls are black pearls. They're very rare and they're of much more value. I believe it was a call to a much higher consecration. He wants excellence, pure devotion, to be one of the rarest and purest. I believe he also wanted to remind me that pearls are formed when a grain of sand gets caught inside the soft tissue of an oyster. It's an irritant. We have been living through years 
of constant irritation, low-level aching, and pain. We are being formed and shaped into pearls of great value. A vision I had comes to mind of a tray full of rich, dark soil that's being vigorously shaken. And up out of the rich, dark soil comes diamonds, perfectly formed, reflecting the light of the sun. Through the shaking, the irritation, we're being shaped. A last thing that the Lord brought to mind was something I read about way back in my homeschool days. Maybe I was teaching the kids about ocean ecosystems, and I did do a quick study of pearls. And I came across a fascinating cultural phenomenon that happened in England. There was a group of people called pearly kings and pearly queens. From out of the most poor and lowly class of people in England at the time came a group of people that took to wearing pearl buttons arranged in the most artistic display all over their shoes, their hats, and their clothing. The reason they did this was to set themselves apart to fundraise for the poor. They got their inspiration from the street vendors at the time who would wear pearl on their lapels and shirts to draw attention to themselves so they could sell their wares from their carts on the street. These men and women took it to the next level. They covered themselves with so many pearl buttons that they were impossible to miss. But it worked. They managed to raise so much money for the poor of the city. Their efforts ended up being recognized by royalty. And so we're reminded of how the Bible links the pearl with something of great value. And we're taught that just because something is rare and expensive doesn't mean that it is associated with worldly wealth. These were the poorest of the poor, adorning themselves with a symbol of wealth and prosperity and power for the sake of the poor, for the sake of others. And I just hear, I hear a call that we're to be the same that we are to adorn ourselves, so to speak, with works of humility and generosity for the sake of others. And in so doing, we become precious, rare, of great value, like a pearl, even perhaps like a black pearl. I think we have a lot to look forward to this year. Let's lift our eyes to the holy mountain, lift our heads, turn our gazes upward, expecting to be called up to be invited into a higher place where we can see more, understand more, walk with him more closely than we could ever even imagine. It's a year of allowing him to remove the ceiling that we've placed on our understanding of what he's capable of, the lids that we have put on our understanding of how big and vast he is, because the King of Glory is entering in. One way of putting it is that it's a year of us growing smaller than ever before, as he reveals himself to be bigger than ever before. As we're drawn up higher and higher, like birds that become specks way up high in the sky, the world he created looms larger as our vantage point takes in more and more and more. Psalm 24, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of it. As he pulls us up higher, I believe we'll begin to grasp a little bit more about the vastness of this King of Glory we serve, of the fullness of the earth he's made, the perfection of the plans he has for it, and simultaneously we'll become more and more aware of our smallness, way up there, little speck in the clouds, because only the pure ascend, those who've been cleaned and washed with humility. 2024, the year of ascension. If you want to interact with any of these episodes, if the Lord has spoken to you about similar things, then I really want to hear about it. 
This podcast has an Instagram account over at Mildly Prophetic. I'll put that in the show notes. If you hop over there, you can share the things you've seen and heard. You can ask me questions. Basically, you can add your breadcrumbs to mine. And if we gather them all up, then what a feast it'll be.